Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today to Leesburg Daily, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast where we dive into scripture, study it together, and then we seek to apply it to our lives. Today we finish up 1 Timothy. I mean, how fantastic. We've been in this letter since, I don't know, June, sometime in June, I guess. We started somewhere around mid-June, and now we're finishing this short letter. We've gone at a snail's pace, and of course, I haven't been as consistent as I should be, um, but here we are. We finished today. Uh, we've got two verses. Paul has been writing this letter to Timothy, the young preacher, who's now pastoring in the church that he has planted. Now, this church has been seeing its share of conflict with with false teaching. Really, a dominant theme throughout this letter is, is that there's been false teaching amongst the people and amongst the leadership it would assume Timothy's charge is to is to right the wrongs to set things back on course and we'll see this final charge uh uh to to Timothy this final charge is this final summarization of his instructions to Timothy and it begins literally oh Timothy Oh Timothy, this is this is this is a a personal appeal. This is of high importance. Let's read it together, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Chapter six, verse twenty. Oh Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding worldly and empty chatter, and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus gone astray from the faith. Grace be with you. A neat little passage. Paul's summary statement to Timothy. Oh, Timothy, here's a special task. Entrust what has been literally put in your care. Uh, Or uh, guard the deposit is another word that could be translated as if it were something that was deposited in the bank and and, in your job is to protect it from being stolen or hijacked. This phrase guard the deposit is uh, only used in first and second Timothy. Um, It comes from a a formal uh, procedure uh, that was current in the Greek and Roman and Jewish societies. One could securely pass some commodity to, to another party by entrusting it to an, uh, an authorized agent. This commodity could be anything. Now, some commentators interpret the commodity, in this case, to be Timothy's ministry, because we've talked quite a bit about that and, and his, his uh, 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 ordination and stuff like that. Uh, but as a whole... the. The contrast throughout this letter is the false teaching. And so it suggests more likely that Paul's talking about guarding the deposit. That's what he means by that is guard the faith or or the gospel or the true gospel because that's under attack from these false teachers. And that's the way I see it. Guard the faith, guard the 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 the, the, the gospel because it's being it's being attacked by these false teachers. Guard it. Now there's a lesson there for us that is steeping in our in our world today. There's a need for the church of today of 2021 to guard the gospel and not be not be uh, carried off by what some call 
knowledge or enlightenment. This, 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 this guarding the deposit is, is vital in our world today. Timothy's given a, a charge to carry on with the mission, uh, this mission that was given from Christ to the apostles. This gospel ministry uh, is a single task um, with a single message, which needs to be transmitted through the generations. Now, if this deposit is hijacked, if it is is counterfeit uh, deposit put in its place, that has repercussions in future generations. And and I suppose it could be argued that in some areas and some regions, the gospel message has been hijacked, and perhaps that's why we have the repercussions that we have today. You know, there's so much uh, division, I guess, or debate uh, in some circles. Of course, there, in some circles, there's not enough debate, um, and that's maybe an, another issue. But, you know, th- this whole idea, how Christian must I be to be a Christian? <laughs> can, can I reject the resurrection of Christ and still be a, a Christian? Well, I would say certainly not. Orthodox Christianity would say certainly not. But today, some would say, well, yeah, I suppose you could. Well, must I align with the teachings of the church in order to be a part of that church? Historically, we would always say yes. But the the growing uh, thought today is, well, no, you don't have to agree with everything the Christian church teaches to be a Christian. You don't have to agree with everything the Catholic Church teaches to be a Catholic. Well, well, by definition, that would be untrue. To be a Christian, you must believe in basic Christian orthodoxy. Now, not every element, every aspect of it, but the basic, the foundational aspects of it, those things that pertain to life, life and, and ministry and death and resurrection of Jesus are certainly uh, not up for grabs. This task must be guarded. This task is a sacred one. This term that Paul uses, this guard the deposit, that confirms it. God has planned the evangelistic mission to be executed by the proclamation of the gospel, and that must be guarded. The mission depends on the gospel message. If the gospel message is hijacked, consequently, God's servants in each generation will receive a hijacked uh, gospel. Therefore, each generation must guard, faithfully proclaim it and protect it, treat the message and the church's mission and I think this is Paul's main reason for writing this letter as a whole. We must treat the mission, the church's, the church's mission, and the and the message with the utmost care and importance. Again, this is so huge for today. Look at the danger of of this false teachings. He says, Timothy, guard what's been entrusted to you, avoiding the worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments. Of what is falsely call, called knowledge. 
Now, there's all kinds that I'm tempted to say about this, especially in relates to our world today. This description of the heresy sheds additional light. The, the dangers avoided in the heresy up, apply, illustrated to the lives of some of the prominent Christians who had who had uh, destroyed their faith. Earlier in the, in the book, for, think of uh, what was it, Thymias or, or, or whoever, who Paul had words with and called him out by name. Timothy needs to avoid this stuff, turn away from these things, this worldly chatter. Now, to turn away, it doesn't mean to avoid uh, uh, confrontation, but rather this action uh, represents the conscious decision not to become involved in or even to contemplate the false doctrine. He's not saying avoid it. He's saying, he's saying don't get t- tied up into it. And so from that, then, there must be a case made that one must be familiar with it enough to be able to refute it. Again, I think back to um, Monday night in our bold men's meeting. Uh, we're in the, the gospel of, the gospel of, the book of Acts. And what we see is we see this model of evangelism that happens throughout uh, as Paul is uh, um, uh, sharing this message. Out, out and about, and look what happens in chapter seventeen. Um, Paul visits Thessalonica. Uh, he goes to the synagogue there, and for for three Sabbaths he stayed there with him. In verse two, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and raise from the dead. There, there are three elements there that Paul gives. It says he, in some translations, he reasoned with them from the scriptures or argued with them through the scriptures. There's a dialogue that must happen. And then he explained, and then he gave proof or evidence. He, he, he dialogued, he explained, he gave proof. And that's a great model for our world today as we deal with false teachings that are erupting in our world today. Listen, make no mistake, what's happening in our culture today, what's happening in our world today with the critical race theory, with the uh, intersectionality, with the uh, with the, the sexual, um, I don't even know the word for this one, the, the transsexual and the pronoun debate. And all that, the wokeness, the religion, listen, it's a religion of wokeness. This is not just a social trend. It's not just a, a, a cultural move. It's a religion. The, this, is, this has spiritual elements all throughout it. You must say the right, uh, the, the right liturgy. There's a liturgy to it. There's a, there's a, there's a, um, uh, I mean, so many elements of of a faith system here. This is a religion in our culture today, and it's a demonic one. It's an evil one. It's a sick one. It's a perverted one. We need to be able to reason with, or to argue with, to dialogue with, to give evidence for or against, and explain, give proofs. We, we, we've we've got to interact with it, but we can't get tied into it. And this is the danger that so many churches are running into, so many Christians and pastors are running into. 
they're not confronting this stuff. Instead, they're saying, well, that's, you know, that's, let's get sucked. And they're, I don't think their intention is to get sucked into it, but they are getting sucked into it. And what happens is that stuff starts to erode doctrine. It starts to erode what's been entrusted to you. Paul denounces it here. He says that it's godless chatter. <laughs> don't have anything, don't get sucked into it because it has nothing to do with God and or godliness. It's it, it's godless chatter. It's it's foolish nonsense. In comparison with the standard gospel, and given the results that that are brought through it, this is this is this, this is a a, fo- a a fake a phony. It's profane nonsense, and that's what we see in our world today. It's profane nonsense. Don't get tied into it. It's very uh, interesting. The religion of the culture today, they use words like justice and equality. And it's very hard to argue against those things because you can't say, well, well, no, because it implies that there are people who are out for injustice. Now listen, I can stand opposed those things today. I can stand opposed uh, uh, social justice in that movement and not be for injustice. Certainly I want justice, just not the justice that's being, the, the quote unquote justice that's being poured out by our culture today. It's profane nonsense. I want everyone Regardless of race, read, creed, religion, uh, uh, outlook, whatever, sexual orientation, I want everyone to be treated equally and fairly and justly. I want everyone to have the same rights here in America. That's what we're founded for. But I don't want to lose my rights for someone else to gain more rights because they are interpreted as an oppressed class. I'm not going to conform my language to match the pronoun that you think you like better than another because of your mental illness. I saw a video yesterday, this, or maybe it was last week, uh, this girl had changed her pronouns. She wanted a bunny pronouns to be used. Which does even what? What's a bunny pronoun? What's that? But she said they were bun, bunny, and I, whatever. I, I don't. I don't. I can't even. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that. There's no way in this world I'm going to sacrifice truth. I'm going to sacrifice orthodoxy. I'm going to sacrifice what is right to participate in your profane nonsense. Your, I'm not doing it. Paul, Paul Paul reveals here another clue of this nature. He says it's falsely call, called knowledge. This is a reference to uh, well, there, uh, there, this is a reference probably to what's be, what becomes the Gnostics, um, which is a which is a faith system that developed in the fir- late first or early second century. This not this knowledge. That they claimed they had, they it grew to be Gnosticism. Um, 
they would claim to be enlightened with special divine revelation, enlightenment, and, and all that, much like today. I mean, that's kind of the same terminology that's used by some of our world today. There's a this from them the, uh, the Gnostics these who claimed special knowledge it would develop eventually that they had this negative view of the physical world everything's matter I mean that ties up with what we see in our world today everyone's spiritual but no one's really uh, 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 practices orthodoxy. So spirituality is a huge thing, but it's a spiritual thing, and it's separated from the physical world. And we see this in our world today. And so that's why there's such a emphasis on the sexual revolution. Well, it doesn't really matter what I do with my physical body. It's my soul, my spirit, my uh, the sp- spiritual world that counts. We see this in- reinterpreted today. There's nothing new under the sun. Well, the special knowledge... Uh, he says this is actually a, a false knowledge, this so-called knowledge. Paul used another word, uh, knowledge, uh, in reference to the knowledge of God. That that affects all aspects of human life. God, Paul talks about God's knowledge, uh, but this is a special word that's used here that that refers to um, th- this false teaching that's prevalent. And again, this false teaching is very uh, applicable in our world today. This is, it's called knowledge, it's called light, enlightenment, it's called today fairness. Or here's a good one, equality. But if you look at the content of, the, uh, of what's being proposed, there's nothing equal about it. There's nothing fair about it. So that's maybe all I need to say before I get in trouble. Finally, uh, this false tro- this false doctrine is, is destructive. It's, it's destructive, and we need to understand that. In Paul's day, and Paul's writing to Timothy, and in our world today, false doctrine is destructive. Uh, Paul alludes to some here who, uh, who have professed it, this false doctrine, and then have gone astray from the faith. Paul's concern uh, was not only for Christians who, who are not well grounded in the faith, but, but also for those who could be taken away. Cults have various ways of, uh, of attracting new various members, and we see that again today. These cults uh, that, that, that make use of any Bible, really, they can twist the message, and we see that today. Paul's concerned here, not only for individuals, but also for the mission of the church. Whatever the trap that's used by the cult today, the victim is set off uh, to wandering off the course, further and further into uncharted waters. And this is a warning to all of God's servants, Christian leaders, Christians. It's a motivation to more urgent service because just as we are evangelizing in our world today, there's an, there's a, a cult, there's a, there's a, I don't know, another way to describe it, just a cult. It's, it's the world today, our culture 
that has shades of Christianity that they're wanting to borrow from, but steal people to, that they're evangelizing as well. And they're doing a pretty good job of it. It should bring us, this should launch us, as it launched Timothy, into uh, urgent service. Our world is under attack. Our faith is under attack. Our Christianity is under attack, and we must fight against it. Paul abruptly closes the letter after talking about those who had uh, gone away from the faith. Four simple words translated, grace be with you. In an abrupt closing, he says, grace be with you. The apostle places Timothy and the entire community in God's loving care. Grace be with you. As the letter had opened, if you remember, in verse 2, chapter 1, grace signified the whole of God's love and care for his people. And now coming to a close, to those who cannot earn it, an encouraging reminder that despite the awesome responsibility they have on their shoulders, Christians stand by grace alone. And what Paul has said to Timothy and to the Christian leaders here, he has said to us as well, grace be with you. Grace be with you. Well, may we be urgent in our efforts to evangelize our world today. May this be a a call to urgent service in God's kingdom for us today. God bless. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to First Timothy with us as we've gone through this. And and Friday we'll be back and we will pick up uh, and and Second Timothy. We'll start Second Timothy and start looking at that. And as this progresses, uh, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. God bless. Take care, and we will see you Friday. 